Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. How you doing today, my love? I'm well. How are you? I can't complain. So what's the news for today? Yes. Yeah, so um, I stumbled across this article written by the DCist. When national outlets write about violence in D.C., whose stories do they tell? Black public safety and gun violence prevention activists say they are dismayed to watch as affluent, mostly white residents see their pain validated on national television. Hmm. Um, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's been a lot of um, violence occurring in the nation's capital. However, uh, apparently it's been the same number of people that have passed away from gun violence as last year. But because um, there were instances where there were, you know, acts of violence in um, gentrified neighborhoods that made national Mm. television and CNN, um, the question has now uh, rise in asking whose story do we tell? So I just wanted to share what the article is talking about and then maybe get your thoughts on it. Okay. It seemed like much of the Washington press corps was dining and drinking north of Logan Circle on a balmy Thursday evening when gunmen fired between 20 and 30 bullets near the intersection of 14th and Riggs Streets Northwest, wounding two men. One of the journalists close to the scene, CNN's Jim Acosta, tweeted a harrowing video of pedestrians fleeing the area as shots rang through the street around 8.20 p.m. Hmm. It sounded like a war zone, said one witness, and scary night on one of the busiest streets in D.C., another national political reporter had tweeted restaurants and bar patrons outside joints like Mexico and Le Diplomat began frantically tweeting about what they were witnessing so let's see perhaps because of the existing media presence on the scene the incident received wide national attention including on CNN which dedicated a segment of Anderson Cooper's nightly news show to Acosta's reporting from the field Um, It was the second local shooting in as many weeks that drew coverage from pockets of journalists who don't typically cast their eye to local D.C. stories. Mm -hmm. A drive-by shooting outside of Nationals Parks that suspended an ongoing game on July 17th similarly prompted widespread coverage news. Um, Let's see, but in a city where 40% of bullets are fired in 2% of city blocks, Black public safety and gun violence prevention activists say that they are dismayed to watch as these affluent neighborhoods, mostly white residents, see their fear and pain validated on national television while they are left to quietly grieve the deaths of family and neighbors with little notice from prominent media. Your thoughts, Philip Herring. That sucks. I mean... All violence, no matter what neighborhood it is, um, 
is really bad, you know. Um, especially when it's like the youth fighting each other for, you know, no real good reason. But um, the news coverage I usually see, um, the reporters will report on it. And then after that, it's over with. So you don't really hear that much about it. Right. But I'm pretty sure that specific incident was probably replayed and replayed and replayed. You know, I'm not sure I don't watch the news, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what they did. Um, I, I would agree with you. But remember, the young girl, Naya, the six year old that was shot yeah. close to where we live. Um, all of that happened before her. Her incident. Um, that incident happened mm-hmm. a day before the nationals. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really see anything except for it on local news or yeah. like just our area. But the fact that the other two had CNN reports or the mm-hmm. Associated Press and all of this news media, it's, it kind of does bring up the question of whether or not our stories will ever be told. It's just as devastating. They'll be told by us but what I see there is we don't have the same value as quote unquote some of the most affluential areas in DC you know um, recently um, well not recently a couple years ago they just tore down a hospital in southeast DC it was like the closest hospital like everyone can reach. Um, I forget which ward it is, but they closed it down, tore it down, and I think the closest like good hospital people can go to is like Georgetown. You know, that's why they named DC the maternity desert. Right. Um, because for any woman that's pregnant in maybe the area that we live in southeast Mm-hmm. or between southeast, northeast. Mm-hmm. There's really no hospitals that are close besides we have George Washington University, Howard University. But mm-hmm. can you imagine if someone does not have a vehicle right, or the means to get to a <coughs> hospital that quickly? <laughs> it's just they don't... <clears throat> those who control the narrative don't see value in our circumstance or our situations you know but I don't think that's important I think that what's more important is us as a collective within our communities and in in our bubbles um, should just acknowledge that there's a problem yes I agree and I think that the community does do a lot I see a lot of people showing up in the community trying to make a difference Right. And trying to support youth who needs, you know. Just because. Um, you know, le- needs love and attention to be able yeah. to kind of. We were speaking about um, Naya, Naya Courtney. And um, just recently, 100 black fathers, uncles, brothers, and sons marched mm-hmm. around Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X Avenue where Naya and her mother were gunned down um, with a strong message for listeners. There is no honor protecting murderers. 
the quote unquote street code or code of silence is an unwritten rule that discourages community members from reporting crimes to the police. Mm-hmm. You know, snitches get stitches. But um, the strained relationship between law enforcement and communities of colors, communities of color, makes the rule a difficult one to break. Activists are urging residents to hold themselves accountable. You know, um, back in the day, there used to be like a no woman and no children. And no elders. And no (laughs) elders. You know what I mean? Like that was like, if you're going to be a gangster, yeah, you know, fight other gangsters. Just keep yourself within that, you know, that, that, that circle. And everybody else is civilians, you know. But these younger guys just don't just don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're, hey, they don't know light. how to shoot. They'll <laughs> just pop, 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 and shoot yes. whatever that whatever's moving. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it just—it's I... <clears throat> sad. It's I very can. sad. It's sad. That's all I have to say. It's sad. And um, I hope that we do better. You know, how can the world value us if we don't value ourselves? Pretty much. No. But um, before we continue to the main topic, let's take a break for our sponsors. Black Velvet is proud to sponsor Creative Habits Podcast. Black Velvet is a black owned family business providing skincare products. Handmade, intentional, and designed to nurture the skin and body. Lather in luxury with our signature black velvet shea butter. Our base is raw shea infused with essential oils and vitamins to revive and enhance your natural skin's glow. We offer unisex options and a grooming kit to ensure quick and essential groom for daily application for any occasion or season. Try our Beard Gang Kit collection, perfect for a man on the go, with notes of barbershop orange and essential oils to protect and nurture your beard growth. Visit us on Etsy at Shop Black Velvet or follow us on Instagram by Black Velvet. Okay, okay, and we are back. Today's main topic is urban legends. Mm-hmm. So what do you consider an urban legend? Uh, a rumor. A <laughs> that's rumor? That's passed, passed down for uh, either years or centuries yeah. by a group of people. I think it's a, um, yeah. It's like stories, story, stories. Yeah. Almost like, you know, the game Telephone. Yeah. Where it's like it starts with one experience and then someone describing that experience to someone else Mm. then that other person will describe this so you know it could stem from something that's factual but as that legend moves on people can add information into it take stuff out yeah make it more exaggerated than it used to be so i think that's what the legend is just a an extended rumor I love urban legends. Like mm-hmm. there used to be this show, I think it's called Unsolved Mysteries that used to come on like basic cable mm-hmm. and it would show things like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Speaking or, of Bigfoot, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Ahead. You know, that's supposed to be a legend that's originated in D.C. 
Really? Yeah, I read that. Bigfoot. That. I have to share. Yeah, I was we like, don't Bigfoot. have any woods around right, here. Right, but I'm like, wouldn't it be too hot for Bigfoot? Maybe. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. I don't know, but. Maybe it was Washington State, but it's. It yeah, Washington. it's probably Washington State because yeah. that's where they have, like, the. It's colder up there as well. The woods and the forest and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bigfoot, um, aliens, Loch Ness Monster, um, ghosts, like all different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite urban legends um, revolves around this guy named um, Robert Johnson. Like oh. the father of rock and roll. Tell us a little bit about that legend. Let's let, let me let me let y'all let me fill y'all in on <laughs> Robert Johnson, right? Robert Johnson stands at the crossroads of American music, much as it is rumored that he once stood at a Mississippi crossroad and sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his unique musical gifts. In nineteen thirty um, in Robertsonville, Mississippi, a 19-year-old Robert Johnson, an aspiring blues musician, was hanging out at a juke joint where Delta Blues legend Sun House and Willie Brown were playing to a packed house. Between sets, Johnson dared to pick up the mute, pick up one of the musician's guitars, and play his own stuff. But the crowd wasn't having it, so they kicked him out of the club. Um, so, out of embarrassment, Robert Johnson left the club, and he wasn't seen or heard from for a year. And one night, uh, at the juke joint where um, House and Brown were playing um, in Mississippi. In walks Johnson with a guitar strapped to his back. Um, everybody looked at him, was like, "Hey, there goes, there goes little Robert. What is what is he doing?" Um, somebody said, "Boy, now where are you going with that thing?" House asked Johnson to noise somebody to death again. But this time, something was different. Johnson took out his instrument. A regular six-string guitar fitted with an extra seventh string, something neither House or Brown had seen before. But that wasn't the only new thing. Johnson had Johnson had acquired an insane skill level um, and unusual techniques, strumming and strumming a series of rapid-fire chords that made the guitar sound almost like a piano. A piano with three strings, with three hands playing it. How could this kid, who was noise lousy enough, get kicked off the stage in Robinville, return a year later as the most talented blues guitarist in the Delta? To the stunned crowd, Mississippi, where it was like basic Bible state, everyone said that he made a deal with the devil. Do you think he made a deal with the devil? Either that or he practiced his ass off for a year. But he was kind of like an innovator because he he added an extra string to the guitar and nobody else Mm -hmm. thought of that. And he just started strumming and it was just 
weird. I heard one of his tracks um, not too long ago, and it sounds so eerie. You know, like old. It sounds. It sound like. We watched his documentary. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, you know, scientists say that he just practiced, but. I like to believe in the selling your soul to the devil thing like that. That's that's intriguing to me because a lot of other different artists like rock and roll legends um, said that they signed their soul away for, you know, to play and, and listen and do all types of crazy things. What do you think an urban legend is? I think an urban legend starts with the truth and later on down the line through through the generations the truth gets really loose you know like almost a religion in a sense like it starts off pure and everybody knows the principles and then a couple thousand years later it, it changes Do you think uh, Robert Johnson sold his soul? Um, I don't really know if I believe in the devil, though. Okay. <laughs> so, I can't answer. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think I can answer. And Good. then it's like, okay, so with you saying that it became loose, what if he's tapping into something that may not be the devil and something else. Mm. But we call it the devil because we're not sure what it is. Well, maybe it's like when you're in a zone, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're painting or if I'm playing PlayStation with my, I remember one day I was with my friend and we were playing the Xbox and I think we were playing Street Fighter. And I think we played at least like 10 rounds and every round, I felt like I was in a zen place and I couldn't be beat. And he was getting so frustrated, but I was just whipping his ass and whipping his ass and whipping his ass. And it was like an out-of-body experience in a sense because I was there, but I wasn't. That's what I'm trying to explain. Like maybe he was just in a trance and just mm-hmm. so fixated on like the feeling of being one with his guitar. Maybe that's what he was missing before where mm-hmm. you were like he was trash. Maybe he just was like not playing you know to his full potential but i think just as far as us as humans being brainwashed perhaps our wording may have not been respectable of what he was trying to do like brainwash of thinking like it's the devil's thing when we see something that's out of the norm i I could see that (laughs) but i could see that i just found it very interesting yeah, and then it's like, who's to say that they were saying he was sold to the devil because he was a black man back in the day that was really talented? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it an era that black people didn't really have many opportunities to excel? So, I'm not saying that, that I don't believe in the devil, <laughs> but I'm saying that, like, there could be forces out there that we really don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, just like you and me. Mm-hmm. And... It's like, I think, therefore, I am. So if somebody believes something happened to him, it kind of did in a sense. And so it's like he thinks that he sold his, his, 
soul to the devil. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, in general, like, with other stars that's mm-hmm. actually admitted and said they signed their, their soul away. I think, was it Mick Jagger that said something like that? I don't think so. Maybe. One of those rock and roll stars, I've seen an interview, who's like, yeah, man, I, I signed my soul away, which is why I'm, I am where I am now. So, yeah. if you believe that you did, maybe you did. Not saying it actually happened, but you know, just the thought of believing in something I, I see what you mean. makes it possible. Yeah, that's a good theory. <laughs> okay. So you want to hear my urban legend? Shoot. Church's fried chicken will make you sterile. Believe it. <laughs> so this uh, urban legend slash conspiracy theory um, is one that is not new apparently in the black community um it's also along the lines of people saying that tupac is still alive Mm. um our apprehensions to vaccinations which is also there's some factual truth to some of these um urban legends so um obviously once a conspiracy theory or an urban legend starts it can pick up incredible steam lasting for decades Although there have been quite a few that have turned out to have some truthful beginnings, many experts believe that the more elaborate a conspiracy theory or an urban legend is, the more people are involved. Mm. So the food urban legend conspiracy theory is about Church's fried chicken chain, um, one that's associated um, to the Ku Klux Klan. And this urban legend began in the mid 80s uh, at the time. Um, and it was believed that the company was owned by white supremacist gang, the Ku Klux Klan, who have always had a vendetta against African Americans. Mm. Since it is no secret that the KKK hates black people, it was allegedly thought that these haters tainted their chicken recipe with an ingredient that would render all black men sterile. Yes, <laughs> you read that right. Mm-hmm. So um, this... The church's fried chicken chain was started by a San Antonio, Texas entrepreneur named George Church in 1952. The business first began as a single run stand, but then it quickly gained popularity and branched out across Texas and eventually onto other states. Church's son, George Church Jr., took the business over in 1965, the same year that the company went public. So um, the author who was talking about this rumor and did research, um, the book is called I Heard It Through the Grapevine about urban legends and conspiracy theories um, in America between white people, black people. And it's said that the church's fried chicken myth seems to have been exacerbated by the fact that it's located in um, its franchises, mostly in black neighborhoods and high concentration areas mm-hmm. where black people lived. And the chain also did little advertising as compared with other fast food companies like Caesars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Furthermore, by being a Southern based company and offering a Southern menu that commonly identified with African American home chicken, churches had transgressed into somewhat sacred territory. Therefore, when people heard the rumor, they totally believed that the Klan was more than capable of carrying out such a well-devised and diabolical plan. By the time Church's was taken over by Popeye's, famous fried chicken and biscuits in 1989, uh, the unfounded conspiracy theory and urban legend had waned. So people ended up forgetting about it. Um, Yeah, so. I believe it. (laughs) 
because we have a churches on Mississippi Avenue, and I never seen um, a churches chicken outside of like an urban community. And you know what else? I never seen a Bojangles outside of an urban community. So some of these urban legends, they kind of probably seem very elaborate and. Which makes sense. Could that be the same reason why there's like liquor stores on every corner in urban communities? Well, you know, when they say we live in a food desert, it's not that we live in a food desert. We live in an area where the food that they are serving is practically poison. Yeah. So we have the liquor stores. We have McDonald's, you know, we have all of these things that aren't necessarily quote unquote food, fresh food, but everything that you can possibly think of that will give you heart, a heart disease or diabetes is there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't see like, I think going downtown, you barely see a McDonald's. It'll take you a while to really find one, but you can find a Whole Foods. I think it's like. The only one I know of is um, in Chinatown. Yeah, but then that's closed now. It's no longer. For real? Yeah, it's closed. Mm. It couldn't last a pandemic. But think about when you went to Chinatown, who, you know, besides tourists, who would be in there? Yeah, those black people. So, I mean, like, you have Trader Joe's. You have all of these options where you don't really have to think about McDonald's or churches. But that's, you know, in our neighborhoods, that's not what we want. If we had the fresh foods and how Turning Natural did so well in our community, because people really, you know, if we have those options, we'll we'll take them. They're trying to take us out. (laughs) They're trying to take us out. You know, I'm a firm believer that good food helps brain development. Good believer. I think that should be the norm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It helps your brain grow and, and develop as a child. And I remember, um, I mean, I used we used to eat well, but I always had access to, like, corner stores with Debbie cakes and Twinkies and Doritos chips and, like, quarter waters. Well, I'm excuse me, uh, quarter, 25-cent juices for people who don't know. But a lot of the diet, I had during the summer was mainly like junk food. Do you know, like, if you think about the carryouts and the food food that we kind of primarily see in these type of neighborhoods, right? You very rarely see meals with vegetables in them, right? It's often like brown fried. and yep. fried. No, like there's no color. You know, how you say you're supposed to put color in your yeah, diet. Yeah, it's no it's substance. All brown and dark. <laughs> so is that a, a legend or a conspiracy theory? I, but I'm saying was there's a fine line between legends and conspiracies. Yeah, there could be a fine line because even with conspiracy theories and legends, you can't prove them, but they stem from somewhere. But we can prove that <laughs> <laughs> churches, chicken, and food deserts are not good for the community. We can prove that, but we can't prove that they were Ku Klux Klan trying mm. to make the black community sterile. I have an I have another theory. Mm. That slavery didn't end. They just gave it a new name. That's not a theory, but 
That's a fact. So all of us, like, they figure since they couldn't have black folks out in the fields anymore, they would just enslave everyone. Um, pays just enough, just enough, just enough money, so we don't like see what's really going on. But a, a lot of them still profit from it. You know what I mean? Like, look at Jeff Bezos. He just went to space in a rocket ship that basically everybody. <laughs> that paid for Amazon package basically funded and his employees only get like 15 an hour um, there's been a lot of heart attacks in some of his factories a lot of people fainting you only get like 30 minute breaks but the break room is like a whole mile away from your workstation you only get to use the restroom 3 minutes at a time a lot of us aren't living, we're surviving. Mm-hmm. And part of that statement of survival means that there's some form of something that's holding you back. Right. Like someone who's enslaved. Right. Where, you know, we don't have an option whether or not we have to go to work if we don't go to work. We don't get paid. <laughs> we don't get paid. If we don't get paid, we can't eat. Right. Right. Which is crazy because the planet provides everything we need to survive. But somehow we've been, they thought to convince us otherwise. I think I'd have to disagree with you now. I think we're now living in a world where we're about to lose all of the things that we can sustain or live from. Like what? Naturally. Like we don't have a space to grow food and Mm. raise animals without... Relying on <laughs> right. other people to to provide those resources for us. There's for very pu- I mean, there's people you know growing things and mm-hmm. have their own farms, but it's very few. Like I think they we're now coming into a time where it's very difficult to it's have difficult. natural resources on our, in order to sustain yourself independently. It's difficult for um you know people who live in a city. And they make it hard. It's like illegal to collect rainwater. It's illegal to have livestock in your backyard. A a lot of our yards are like large enough so we can have those type of things. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they already police what we can do, even if we have our own land. Like we can't just have a cow in the backyard. Which will be weird. You can't do that. I mean, it'll be weird, but th- there's your cow. You know how you grew your cow, what it's eating. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. Chickens even, like, you can't just. I don't know. Um, back when I was living with my mom. Yeah, I saw some chickens. In it, the was, it was some <laughs> chickens in the backyard, and they would wake up early. They would wake you up early in the morning, like 4 o'clock in the morning, just yeah. clucking. Earlier when we were dating, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, they actually had real live it's chickens like real in the backyard. Co- coming out of the neighborhood and just walking around in the street. But back on Urban Legends, this UFO thing and aliens and everything that they're talking about now with the recent, you know, 
government officials coming out and and <clears throat> army coming out saying, yeah, we saw some shit up there, man. And pilot saying, yeah, I see shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it started off as an urban legend. Now it's fact. What if that just like, what if that just like, was the pen to pop everything like and we find out that Bigfoot is real and fucking ghosts are real like all these different type of things like what if we find out that all these There's myths mermaids. and let mermaids who fly. mermaids you know what I mean I do know what you mean it's crazy there's a lot of information that we don't know that when we do know does it now no longer become? Does the the fact that it's a legend dissipate? It's weird because people act like they don't give a shit. Like <laughs> they don't. We're now, that's what I feel like they wanted to get to with aliens. We've been so programmed since we were kids that you know aliens mm-hmm. will be on TV. Like it kind of is already fed to us very slowly and subconsciously. But then when it's time to happen, it's not a shock factor because Yeah, it is a bit overwhelming underwhelming because all we see is like grainy photos and videos, but the time like when we are getting ready to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so remember how when the coronavirus first started and nobody was really taking it like seriously yeah. like, yeah, whatever. But then when we started like being locked inside yeah. for like, you know, two weeks became two months two months became four it's like what the hell yeah so i think at some point you know it may be underwhelming and we kind of like you know don't really realize but then you're like oh holy shit there's aliens you know yeah. we might go through that phase and then after a while like we are now it's like yeah you know corona happened so <laughs> what else you got yeah it's not really a shock factor for most things now i just i just thought people would panic like people panic they panic for toilet paper. They panic for toilet paper and they panic for like when the weather is, is a little bit bad or if it snows a little bit like the grocery stores are cleaned out. Coronavirus grocery stores are cleaned out. This is fucking aliens, man. Like this is <laughs> things from another planet coming down here and just flying around like what the fuck are they doing first of all because we're not that interesting down here. Like, we, we don't do anything but fight each other and, and curse each other out. <clears throat> yeah. And Who knows? threaten the, to blow each other up, but it's it's weird. I don't know. Could be life in the ocean for all we know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely. And there's... Human life. I mean, I know there's already life, but <laughs> I'm talking about... But, like, mermaids and stuff like that, there's stories of mermaids from like almost mm-hmm. every culture in the world urban legends about mermaids you in know every culture every single culture even bigfoot like i don't know that much <laughs> about bigfoot there used to be this show that came on the history channel I remember that <laughs> <laughs> and they call it finding sasquatch and somebody would be like oh it's a squatch in those woods and they would go and they would never find anything but you hear those little footsteps yeah the reenactments where they just show the feet of Bigfoot. Yeah, it's just weird. I, I love yeah, urban yeah. legends. There have to be some truth behind urban legends. Yeah. There has to be. Because th- where did that story come from? Mm-hmm. Now I truly believe, like, you know, you can have some things that are fictional or up somebody's ass, but it's like most stories have stemmed from something. 
I just find it very peculiar that soon as we hear about aliens and stuff, that's when these rich billionaires decide to build rocket ships and fly off. Uh, Virgin Mobile guy now Bezos like do they know something that we don't know what's That's really what happening think, sometimes like you know how a, a small group of people know the secret when everybody else don't know what's going on yeah. like I think they already have information that they're now introducing to the majority of us yeah. and they're, the small group of minorities are like yeah the world's about to end or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> this side that now it's time to venture off into space to see if we're capable of, like, you know, doing this with a small group of people. I just hope it's not like that movie, um, 2012. You remember that movie? Very barely, like, not vaguely. Um, what, what was it like? Or that movie with, um, what's that guy's name? This is Sparta. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. Tell me about 2012. All right, 2012, um, they figured out the world was going to end on 2012, right? And instead of telling everyone, they just told, like, the rich and affluential people. Mm-hmm. And they built, like, arcs, basically, like Noah's Ark. And um, all the people rushed to get on the arcs and shit. Mm. And all the poor people and the people who were, didn't have... Wasn't in the right tax bracket, just died. Well, we died. watched a film just recently about that. Remember when yeah. the world was ending and then they had that's, to have these... That's the... the uh, I can't think of his name. The movie... This is Sparta, dude. Um, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Just can't I, think I can't think right now. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it was like a meteor storm or something. And yes, there was a meteor mm-hmm. quake or storm that was occurring. And only a certain people who had a clearance from the government mm-hmm. had access to going on the ship that would take them to a different space or planet, wherever they were going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so those people didn't even know that they were selected by the government. And for whatever reason, they missed that the son who was diabetic yeah. had um, an underlying condition. If you had an underlying condition, they weren't going to pick you up or take you on mm-hmm. the ship. So they were looking for the healthiest of the healthiest and the wealthiest of the wealthiest. Man, they suck, man. <laughs> they suck. They suck. There's another uh, another urban legend. I really like this. Um, that a lot of our government officials and people in, in higher places are mm-hmm. aliens and, and, and reptilians. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. We just watched them. Uh, we love watching movies. One? Um, you know, just basically, I went down in the early 2000s when YouTube was young, didn't have commercials and people could say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, that's when you there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of conspiracy theories that I just went down the rabbit hole on. Like the shit that I watched, man, whoo, you probably be paranoid. But, um, yeah, a lot of these government officials are outside entities that are controlling us and manipulating us and basically treating us like a a, a petting zoo (laughs) for real puppets maybe yeah you remember that movie we watched called they live Mm -hmm. the guy didn't the guy it was a guy right if you haven't seen this this was made back in like 1989 and this guy walks into town he was looking for a job he finds a job 
and um, he links up with um, I forget this guy's name too. Is a famous actor who does all the cartoon voices. Yeah, and voice actor. Why um, do we ever? We never know people's names. Never know forget. people's names, but he's a real slick guy, and um, they work together, and the guy was basically a, like a, a homeless camp, and they had a TV, and the news was on, and then somebody um somebody like hijacked the channel and was like yo they out here uh, manipulating us with subliminal messages woo, 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 woo. and um it shut off but basically is he he put on these sunglasses right and he started noticing like all the signs were giving like messages like obey and um eat and 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 produce and all this other stuff and but it would be subliminal so like you yeah. had to wear a specific shade of glasses to see the things that were um you were in, unable to see because you were programmed basically to look at waking things. up yeah. yeah so those glasses allowed you to wake up and see what was actually being programmed to you subliminally yeah and, and a lot of the people that he would see will have different like alien faces but mm-hmm. if you take the glasses off they look like regular people put the glasses right. back on they were aliens but it's an interesting movie too man you guys should uh check it out it's made in 1989 called they live um i think it's on amazon prime or something like that yeah it was a very interesting movie do you think aliens live amongst us I think, yes, I think that how we see things is not all that is apparent. Like, I think Mm -hmm. there's certain things that are invisible to us that can probably see us that we don't see (laughs) is watching us. Like, I don't think that we're the only ones here. I think there are certain living things and beings that are present on this planet on this planet and beyond so if you walk down the street and an alien walk past you would you notice it i don't think i'd notice it all i see is human people would you notice an alien probably not no i think there's there's a lot of things that we don't see i think uh yeah let me not say that (laughs) you gotta tell me off air yeah i gotta tell you (laughs) off air but a lot of the things, just people feel f- f- filled with a lot of anger and hatred for no reason. That's no, that's kind of alien to me. For no reason. That's kind of alien to me. Like, I don't know. There's always a reason for something. I mean, there's always a reason, but then there's, there's no reason at all. Because some people don't even know why they hate or, or feel with anger. That you have to go to therapy for that and figure that shit out. But there's a reason. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't come up there for no reason. Urban legends. You got any more urban legends? Um, I was hoping you would share some more. You don't have any more? I got an urban legend that was from my neighborhood. Um What is it? <laughs> this is in um Landover, Maryland. And um this urban legend was started off in um I think elementary school. Um, right by our school there was like this hill excuse me on the other side of the playground and 
on the bottom of the hill was like nothing but like forest grass shrubs and all that jazz right mm -hmm. and the kids used to be like um don't go down that hill because the killer clown gonna get you it's the killer clown the killer clown i said what the killer clown and this little legend was passed down from like five or six generations before us was and the killer clown real was there like a factual story about a killer clown? I don't know, but everybody in the neighborhood, because my school was basically in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Just it was like a ten minute walk away from my home, and a lot of the kids who attended that school lived in the neighborhood. And um, walking down the street um, from my house to like the store, the corner store, the gas station, there's like this bridge and um, this creek that goes up under it. And under the bridge, it's like a few openings where, like, I guess, like, people go down there to graffiti and, you know, crackheads used to, you know, go down there to hide from the elements or the police officers. And um, they said the clown lived down there and he would snatch up kids. And Sounds like the Billy Goat Gruff. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds, it's, it's crazy. It's a very crazy urban legend, but, you know... The whole point is that it started like years, years, years. ago and then it just carries on. Yeah, yeah, I guess like back in the early 80s or something when it started. Hmm. But yeah. Were you afraid of the killer clown? Hell yeah. <laughs> so what would you do? Like when you go on the bridge, you just go a little faster? Yeah. yeah. Or go in a group. Oh yeah, know? just never by yourself. Um, Another famous urban legend, you know, um, Bloody Mary. I know you heard about that mm -hmm. one. I've heard of Bloody Mary. But also, like, you know, during Halloween when um, a lot of the times, like, people check their children's candy. I don't know if that's a legend, but wasn't there a story about a man that was putting raisins in apples? Yeah, I remember that. Would that be considered a legend? I don't think so, because that, mm -hmm. that really did happen. They had did a news story on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Bloody Murray, you look in a mirror, say, well, I'm, I'm kind of scared now, <laughs> BM three times, because that was, that was about to be the third time I said it, and turn off the lights, and when you turn the lights on, she'll mm. appear and bite your face off. Have you ever tried? Never. I did, nothing happened. I don't, really? Yeah. You you bold. I was a kid and I just did it and I turned off the lights and I turned them back mm -hmm. on and nothing happened. I don't do I don't I don't mess with that <laughs> stuff. I don't mess with Ouija boards. I don't mess with <laughs> saying stuff in mirrors and stuff like that. Cause when you when you uh open to that stuff, you invite that stuff in. You may be right. You may be right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything else? That's all I got. That's all you got in the pocket. That's all I have. Mm hmm. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in and to another episode. We really appreciate it. You need another one because you already did that one. Yeah. <laughs>